Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. We kick off this week with some well, some pretty tragic news, actually. The passing of absolute legend, uh, automotive legend, Ken Block. Uh, and maybe someone not quite so well-known, but Sam Fennick, who was an Aussie Australian drag race star as well. But um, to two two lads taken far too early, Ken Block, what a, I mean, what a, uh, I know on a, on a, having a bit of fun on a having a bit of fun on a on a flipping snowmobile. Um, oh, terrible! I mean, these things they flipped over backwards, I think, and squids. You know, it's just so easy, and, and there's going uphill in a in a snowmobile. But uh, I, mean, well, I don't imagine he was taking it by heart. No, I, I no, imagine was, knowing Ken Block. It was full throttle. Like when it, when he flipped over backwards, he was on full throttle, flat out. And I mean, but he's such a laid back character. That's what I love when yeah. I met him and talked to him. You know, just some of this incredible the hoonigan. Uh, but he was just laid back, man. And I didn't realise that I mean, he was fifty five. He was actually older than I thought. I think he was about forty five. But um, and he made all his money in shoes. I didn't realise this. DC, DC shoes, yeah. clothing. Yeah. He started off just a skateboarder and a snowboarder. So he was a bit of a, you know. A dude, kid doing skateboards and snowboards, and then, then they created this company with these action sports shoes, uh, which they sold for eighty-seven million dollars. They sold that shoe company to. So um, then he turned more to the cars, and he started to admit rallying. You know, but he was thirty-eight years old before he started rallying and doing Jim Carners. So it was, it was quite late in, in life that he started moving into cars so much. Um, I think the Jim Carners is probably what gave him the idea. He loved the rallying. He was a Subaru a factory driver in America doing rallies. Um, and then he studied those Jim Carners. I guess the Jim Carners then gave him the idea of those amazing videos that he started doing. And I like to feel I, I sort of started drifting on telly, you know, about 19, uh, well, when that would be about 1992 or 93. And then the, the Japanese really created, you know, the, the drifting competitions. That was very much a Japanese invention. They really moved drifting into a into competitive form. And then Kev Block just turned it into this art form, I'd call it, you know, and just the, and the films he created were staggering and um, spectacular. I, just, I, I, I remember seeing the see, first one. It was just, yeah. wow, what, who is this? What is this? The shot that absolutely got me alive when he went into the hangar and then drifted round and round the hangar and then shot back out the hangar, virtually taking his rear bumper off on the, on the edge of the door. And, um, and every time I watched it, it got some places shut down, you know, theme parks and all sorts Las of amazing Vegas. cities. and all Vegas. Sorts. Yeah. And the, I always looked for the, the previous, the practice runs, yes, Black same. Marks. Yes, and there were hardly any, <laughs> maybe once you'd, you'd see one or two, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It was just, and he had the performance, the power of the more and more machines he built. He had some incredible drift machines and weird Of course, machines. some electric ones, latterly as well. But uh, the, the ones that always get me are the, the, the they're all precision ones. But when the precision, when the back wheel overhangs yeah. a dock, so if you get that wrong, you're in the water. And that's just, I mean, you know, like, it's, it's a pleasure to watch you, Tiff. Really, you are uh, extremely talented. <laughs> and there's a few of you like that, Harris um, and a few others. But, yeah. um, 
but you know he you're right he took he it just, to, to an art form took it to yeah, another level really absolutely um, wonderful so and, and this crazy motorsport drag racing which is just absolutely bonkers i don't <laughs> much, i don't know much about um sam fennick i'll be honest with you but you, i guess you do it was it was a big it was quite an aussie star you know he, he was 65 years old I mean, it's amazing how old all these drag racers are you see in america you know they, they're veterans that have been doing if there's some businessmen that got the money in, in business then oh, i'll go drag racing and uh, he was in a top door slammer top fuel and I'm not sure how much power that had, but I mean, the, the top fuel drag cars, they've got like over 10,000 horsepower now. <laughs> and they launched. So I actually did that on Top Gear Motorsport. The only thing that's ever scared me, you know, trying to, I, I was sat in a top fuel dragster and, and sitting there, blah, 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 you have to do this, pull that, pull that, and then hit the throttle. Um, and it just exploded. I mean, it's terrible that he died. You know, we had a good news. As I said, he was Sam Fennec, and he, he But um, it was an awful accident. And what has happened, and I've seen this in the past, he got over the rails because uh, they fly so easily. You know, you're mm, 200 miles an hour, 250, you're still accelerating. You know, yeah. they, they, if you get air under them. Um, so he launched over the rail. And as I've seen before, he hit a bloody cameraman's tower. The cameraman was injured as well, not, not severely. I don't think he's in hospital, but... Um, I've seen these before where the fatalities have been when they hit these flipping camera towers. And you sort of think, well, haven't they learned yet? You know, why have you got a camera tower? Because, you know, once they're past about a quarter mile, most venues don't have spectators anyway because obviously they know the, the danger of, of them going over the rails. But um, it's not something I'd ever want to do. And, I mean, there is a skill, isn't it? Great, the reaction time, but I think sometimes they do save the slides. But I think you're pretty much a passenger when anything goes wrong. We are a passenger, you know, and tires blow and the engines explode and the side of the engine in half when the, when the, 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 the superchargers blow off the top. And um, as I said, I did this, it was, I learned really what you have to do because I had a, a Norwegian or Swedish guy teach me to drive this dragster for the television. And, um, he, well, his, his words were, you have to hit the throttle like you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't, really, he didn't really explain it enough. That was his instruction with me as a rookie runner. I actually did a run in a, in a sort of half-size dragster, a proper you know, top fuel looking thing, but a minute half-size. And I won the, it was at, not at Santa Pod, but that um, Shakespeare Raceway. And I did an 8.5-second run. So it was quite impressive. I'd done that and survived. You can do this, you can do nine seconds in a Tesla. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was a drag stick. Well, you can't have caught a mile in nine seconds in a Tesla. We probably can now. The plaid's not um, far off. Anyway, I know, so this I know hit, Matt Watson hit the just did... like you hate it. Matt Watson yeah, I know, just he, did a... Yeah, McMurty. In the McMurty. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you mean when you hit the throttle like you hate it? Is you have to actually wedge the accelerator against the stop because it's such a violent... So you've got to brace yourself with the throttle fully open. But I probably didn't hit the throttle like I hated it enough. But I probably only got to about, you know, seven-eighths of throttle before the bloody power kicked in and he just blew my foot back off the <laughs> throttle. And then he says, you're not allowed to reapply the throttle because the engine's so high-tech all that top fuel going in. So I couldn't reapply the throttle so I just lurched forward for about 100 yards <laughs> and then went back to the finish line. But um, So did you if, remember the, uh, the rallycross that's on our YouTube channel, if anyone wants to see it, uh, the electric rallycross car? That 
accelerated in under two seconds to naught to sixty. Can you remember, can you remember that? Was yeah. that was that yeah, brutal? That was pretty amazing. I know, but no, nothing. I mean, that drags it. Just, just. I don't know what their naught to sixty is. It's a blink, isn't it? It must be it like is. I don't know tenth of a second or something. I mean, you see those slow motion, don't you? Of freeze frames, the rear tires absolutely tortured and twisted. The car hasn't moved yet, but the wheels just and then it just catapults away. Of course, they got to lay down. Not my cup of tea. No, but it's it's amazing if you've been to Sandspot. If you stood near a top fuel at the start line, I mean the the earth does shake. I'm sure it's just scarily stunning to watch these things launch. If you guess the car that I drag race at Sandspot, I'll give you ten pounds. I'll put, I'll put you out of your misery because you won't get. I I drag race the Rolls Royce Ghost. It's on our YouTube actually. A wraith, wraith, wraith. But uh, that's the only drag anyway, race. Rest I've ever in done. peace, Ken yes. Block will be power sliding around heaven, and uh, Sam Fennec you know, had a great life, and he'll be he'll be drag racing up and down. So our, our thoughts for the families for both those men who've who've, who've died, you know, living the life as you have to say. And um, far, far 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 too young, both both of them. But uh, yeah. yes, thoughts but, yeah. thoughts with the families and friends. Um, uh, Formula uh, One gossip. Formula, yes. Yeah, it's all kicking off, really. With Andretti. Where's well, Andretti's story and... again? <laughs> so, I mean, the FIA, this Mohammed bin Salayam, it's, it's FIA versus F1. And this is what's going on all the time with rules and regulations. So, so, can we just clarify that F1 now is an entertainment show? It's, yes. it's all about entertainment, Rasmus. Yeah. It doesn't seem and to it's be the that. little, tw- little yeah. 10 teams, little clique. Yeah. Ross Braun writing what he thinks are wonderful regulations. We're all happy. <laughs> We've got our cars. We've got lots of Middle East money. We're going to four Middle East Grand Prix with money. And we're going to American circuits with money. We don't want to go to Spa or somewhere like that because that's not going to pay us enough money. Um, you know, Andretti tried to get in earlier. I think he was pushed away. Someone must have said, I think maybe Bin Salam said, well, you know, get a manufacturer. You know, maybe they'll look at you with more respect. Um, so now he's got Cadillac involved. You know, he's saying, right, I've got Cadillac. And we're not talking until, what, 2026. You know, this is still three years away at the earliest. But apparently only two Grand Prix teams showed a sort of, I think McLaren was one of them, sort of a little bit of interest. Well, that would be nice, you know. And the other sort of eight teams have virtually poo-pooed the idea. And it's just so sad to me that, you know, we need more cars, more drivers. Maybe 26 would be, you know, max would be a brilliant number they used to have, or 24 at least. But this, And they have to pay... Two hundred million pounds or dollars, probably, as a to join the club. And apparently, it's twenty dollars, twenty million dollars to each of the ten teams. So, you, but the funny thing is, they demand like compensation because you're going to reduce their share of the pot from a tenth to an eleventh. Um, but okay, so you give them twenty million for the first year. Well, the second year they won't have that compensation. It's just. So yes. tell, tell me, just remind me, when you were racing, uh, when you, you did a very brief, uh, you had a very Grand brief Prix career, yeah. career, but um, why didn't you qualify for that weekend? Were there a certain amount of people that could qualify? Was it, was it different yeah, back I mean, then? 30 so you, cars used to turn up. I mean, that was before they had pre-qualifying, uh, when they got like 35 cars and eight cars used to have to go for pre-qualifying about nine o'clock on Saturday morning. 
of which only the fastest four of ten got into the real qualifying. So do you think that would work um, in modern day if they had 30 cars and only 24 Oh, they wouldn't. Like, they wouldn't like, but that would be awful. You imagine travelling all the way to Brazil or something and, and not even qualifying. Right? Well, but that's awful. what they love doing. Yeah, I mean, the team's dreamed. The budgets yeah. weren't too high. You built your monocoque. You bought a DF3 engine because the engine was, it was cheap. You know, you could buy a second-hand Formula 1 engine, stick it in your car. Um, but when I was there, it was 30 cars and the fastest 24 got on the grid. So, you know, when I qualified 23rd to share the back row of the group with Emerson Fittipaldi, one of my schoolboy heroes, I felt pretty chuffed, you know, because yeah. there, there were six cars that hadn't even qualified. Um, unfortunately, when we went to Monaco, they only took the fastest 20. We had 30 cars out on the track at the same time. Look at the mess they make now, you know, backing everybody up to get a clear run. Yeah. We had 30 cars sharing Monaco. And I actually qualified 19th in the rain on the first practice. I was, I was just in about the to race. say, I bet oh. all the privateers... We're begging for rain, doing the rain dance every single I qualifying. was 19th. I was about 300 thousands behind. Alan Prost was 18th. I always remember that. Amazing. Uh, then when it dried out, I had to move to a spare car because my main car, and then I crashed at the swimming pool trying to make this car go quicker. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I didn't qualify for Monaco Grand Prix in 1980. But it's, as I said before, I think it's, it's, a, it's a record because there was no British driver in that 1980 Grand Prix. The only time there hasn't been a British driver was since about 1966 or 56. Because uh, John Watson, the only other British driver on the grid that year, he didn't qualify. Nor did Keke Rosberg. So, I mean, I don't feel too bad not qualifying for the Monaco Grand Prix. You were in good company, weren't you? Yeah. But um, so, yeah, we need more cars there and we need more openness. But I think this, I fear the the club is closing its doors and they don't seem to care about what the so public think, really. So, going back to this Andretti uh, Cadillac story, there seems yeah. to be a bit of bit of gossip that maybe Toto Wolff and a couple of the other big guys aren't particularly happy that uh, uh, they want to join the club as well. It's not just the, the small, uh, smaller teams or the less successful teams. No, it's, it's a whole lot. Like I said, I think only a couple of teams have shown a, a bit of enthusiasm for this joining. Everybody else, you know, they just they don't want anyone else joining their club. I think it's only got to be a good thing, surely. And to have an American manufacturer That'd like be magnificent, yeah. would be, would be a, a very good thing. Yeah. Also, also for George, George Russell. Russell. You, yeah. I was just going to say about that. He was saying the cars are getting too heavy, which we've said for a long time as well. Yeah, well, it's not just the handling. The interesting aspect is, you know, they don't handle so well with the like, trucks around slow corners. But he's now pointing out as the cars get safer and safer and bigger and bigger and batteries and I mean everything else going in them. But now that you know, you can start a Grand Prix grid with like a nine hundred kilogram Grand Prix car. You know, whereas whereas back in the day. I hate that word, actually, back in the day. <laughs> back when I was racing. When, when, I was 600, a, when I was a lad. They were 650 kilograms. And, you know, when you can get up to that speed, like we saw Zhao, you know, in the beginning of the Silverstone Grand Prix, you know, when you've got 900 kilograms, it's a lot of momentum and weight. And, and George is pointing out there comes a sort of dividing line where the extra weight to make it safer actually begins to make it more dangerous because you've got so much energy to dissipate, yeah, you know, absolutely. with a 900-kilogram with car. Swap them all so, for Caterham 420 Cups. That's it. <laughs> Swap. Who needs Formula 1 cars? All that rest of it. Caterham 420 Cup cars. Who are your Caterhams? Uh, everybody. Anyway, how's, how's your invite to the Middle East with Audi going? Because well, let's just have the itinerary sent had through. a meltdown. They've had a meltdown in the Hang desert. Hang on, wait, wait, wait. But let me tell you the, let me tell you the itinerary and you're going to be delighted you're not coming. So bear in mind they're three hours in front. So there yeah. are so many, uh, I think, 5 a.m. assemble, meet after breakfast, 5 a.m. <laughs> I think there's one at 4 a.m. Oh, no. 
<laughs> what are they going to do? Are they going to sort of ferry you to a vantage point then? Or exactly. What's the sort of idea? Off to different vantage points throughout the route. Um, Where do you fly into? Oh, don't ask me questions like that. I've never looked at the airport. I'm, I'm with Elliot. Elliot, where do we fly into? Uh, where do we and fly then into? I need your idea. I'd be interested to know because we, we can look out for you on the telly. Yeah, you can. And uh, we're going to get an opportunity to meet the drivers and co-drivers, which would be good. So uh, I don't We think, won't meet one I don't, of them. One of them's in hospital. I was I mean, just going to say, a... I don't think we're going to meet them all. And I shouldn't laugh because it's, I don't, you know, not laughing at someone being in hospital, but I think, I don't think they're going to be particularly happy after we thought they're going to be very happy. We fly into... Doha. No, we fly into Doha. That's the connection in Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> we employ only the best people at last. So Elliot's getting off halfway there. Yeah, to, Elliot's going to get on in Qatar and try and watch the World Cup. Yeah. And then it, Deman, Dem, Deman, yeah. So uh, I don't know. And then what? Is. Three hours in a Land Rover or something. Three, exactly three hours. It won't be a Land Rover. We'll be in an Audi. I'm sure it'll be a lovely uh, SUV off-roader, Audi. And then um, and then a couple of days of a moving hotel. So yeah, it should be good. I'm but you good. wonder whether this, this Dakar now, with when Audi was so much the favourite, you know, which is why they were inviting all the press out for their glorious victory. But it's almost like the drivers they're trying. They're going too fast. They've got these amazing machines and the competition is so strong and the pressure is so much on them um of course after three stages there was more controversy because audi were given another 11 horsepower I mean, <laughs> this balance of power alatayo nasa said they've destroyed dakar they're ruining the race because they said because audi keep on wanting you know more power and less weight because there's this balance of power between the hybrids and the petrol engine conventional cars so there's always this balance of power that rules motorsport um, and the organisers said they'd sort of checked the speeds on the first three stages and decided that Audi deserved another 11 horsepower. But, I mean, if you go across a desert, it depends how, how, how much your driver's pressing, so you're driving 100% or 90% to survive the desert. How they could actually come up with a, a number to suddenly give 11 horsepower more? Anyway, it's obviously too much for the Audis to handle because they all flew. I mean, two of them flew off the same crest, which was an incredible... Obviously, they've got the same pace notes, the same, I don't know what, because they don't have their own pace notes. You're not allowed to. Do, do they share pace notes? I don't think so. You get the organisers' route map. There may be some sort of dangers marked by the organisers. Um, but, you know, you're, you're on a 200-mile you're special stage. They both flew off the same crest, not realising it had such a steep drop-off. Um I mean, Stefan Peter Hansel, who's co-driver, sadly had to go to hospital, which is why he had to retire the car. You know, Edouard Boulanger. Boulanger. Um, hurt his back in the landing. But the violence of the landing, Peter Hansel, a driver, cannot remember. He woke up to find that the guy with the bad back, Eduardo, was already out of the car lying in the sand. So he was unconscious from, for must have been two or three wow. minutes. Wow. Because they just apparently just came down from on high and just landed flat. So they didn't land on any downhill that's, landing. That's like a, super you know, scary, isn't it? Especially oh. when, when you could take. So, so long for a medical team to get there. Yeah. And Carlos wow. Sainz, you know, he crashed also, but he's, he's landed slightly better. I think slightly more nose down, but it took a wheel off instead. But the punctures they've all been having, as we know. Yeah, more, we saw, more so than normal, it seems. We saw Sebastian Loeb, you know, sitting there. And, and Loeb, whether he's happy or sad, he does the same interview, doesn't he? But, but, you, know, you, don't, you don't know if he's happy or sad. It reminds me of Kimmy think, in a way. I, I like a bit of emotion. Yeah. Yeah, but, but Loeb was like, it was like that stage three when he had a third puncture. They all carried two spares. So once you had three punctures, he was just wait, waiting for the truck. Rally is finished. 
is all over. Good French, that's my French, do you get that? Um, <laughs> he's now in fourth place overall. I mean, it's incredible how you can come back, but everybody else has so much damage. But okay, he's, he's an hour and 52 minutes off the lead. Uh, but he's back to fourth place overall, whereas the Audis, you know, obviously, Peter Hans had to retire. Um, Carlos Sykes is 101st. You keep that to Audi, ask him why. He's 29 hours what, off what the lead. What question would you like me to ask Carlos? Uh, not a lot. Um, he's got 18 hours of penalties because obviously I think when they get trailered in, they get penalties. Did you see as well, just to add uh, uh, insult to injury, that he almost got a um, penalty for Carlos, his son, Junior, shut the door of his car to wish him, you know, on oh, your did way. He? Outside assistance. Exactly. That's classes outside <laughs> assistance, but they let him off. So because Carlos Junior has been following him all the way around, which I think is lovely, by the way. Yeah. I love I love that father son bond. I think it's a phenomenal. Bond. Yeah, just for just for closing the door on him, it was it almost got a penalty. Uh, but Nasser Alataya is uh, once again a reigning champion. He just seems to know. I mean, he says he just drives flat out. In fact, I had a, Graham Duxbury, who listens to our podcast, the South African driver, he does podcasts himself, and he was sponsored the. Um, it was a race he won the Daytona Twenty Four Hours in a Mark Chevy back in the early eighties. How do you know so he listens to our podcast? Driver. He tells me because he tweeted me last week. Because, you know, oh, I said brilliant. to you that um, Alataya, we were asked about how he drives, what his tactics are. He says, they just, they just oh, flat out all the time. <laughs> but apparently, Janil de Villiers, his, his Toyota teammate, who won the event. The Toyotas come from South Africa. So they're built in South Africa, those Toyotas, the factory cars. Um, and Janil won the event about 10 years ago, I think, quite a long time ago now. But he was following Nasser across the desert. And they came to a sort of, you know, double caution. And NASA just stayed flat out, you know. As Janiel apparently saw NASA um, afterwards and said, NASA, NASA, that was a double caution, you know, surely you should have slowed down. And he said, he said, Janiel, Allah will decide my fate, not you. <laughs> so thanks for the story, Ducks. Um, so oh, yeah, Graham Ducks. Hoya so to... Dachman, yeah. How was so it? The toy and they're what first, second, and third now. NASA's yeah. leading. There's Toyota's, the privateers, uh, Toyota's second, the South African Henk Lattigan, and the Toyota of Brazilian Lucas Moreas in third, Seblo fourth. And, uh, you know. What about in the other classes, yeah. Tiff? What's going on? Well, the bikes, the bikes. The I mean, there's usual. about eight or 10 different classes, but the main four classes, as we said last week, the cars, the bikes, the uh, uh, quad the bikes, the quad bikes, and the trucks. The T3s and T4s are very good. Yeah. Well, the kids, the Red Bull kids in the T3s <laughs> and T4s, which are the same car. They look the same, but the T3 is uh, made of race racing uh, bits, where the T4 is just a production machine. Um, but no, it's the bike. The bikes, like with MotoGP and Formula One, the bikes give us all the entertainment so often. So in the bikes, right? The Americans, this is so we've done eight stages with six to go. It's a rest day today, Monday. So there's no action today on the Monday. So they're, so they're almost halfway. Really, it's a rest day. Uh, but Skylar Hauser from America, Husqvarna, after eight days of three hundred mile. Competitive, sometimes five hundred mile, including the you know the get, getting to and from the competitive bit, has a lead of thirteen seconds. That is insane. Um, over, Isn't over that Kevin's crazy? Argentinian. Yeah, but funny enough, amazingly, there's another person in second place because also thirteen seconds off the lead is um, another American, Mason Clean, Klein, Clean or Klein, pretty Klein. So yeah, so there's two riders on exactly the same time, 
after what's eight times 300 miles, like two and a half thousand miles of competitive motorsport, they're tied to the same second. Um, in fact, the top 10 are covered by 22 minutes. The Incredible. top 10. So the bikes are going to continue entertaining. There's, there's lovely stories. I mean, every time, as I said, watch Eurosport Dakar. Unfortunately, Eurosport Dakar is now getting invaded by the flipping snooker. This happens every year. Some of my Twitter <laughs> friends have pointed it out. Because if a frame isn't finished and the Dakar slot is due, they just keep watching the snooker until the flipping frame's <laughs> over. So last night, the, um, the, the eight Poor o'clock. Poor old Colton. What's his name? Colton. Colton, Colton Kirby. Colton Kirby. Colton Kirby. <laughs> um, yeah, we're doing his head in. Uh, so you have to what you have to record all the different slots, and hopefully one of them will actually be the Dakar, and not um, not the snooker invading. Anyway, but so many stories as I said, you watch these guys, you know, broken down and out of fuel and despair, and just so many stories. But I have to highlight the um, where have I put the names? The the, um, the boys. I've written on a different bit bikes. of paper. Quads. Bikes. No, no, in the cars. Privateers. Lovely story. The twins. Coronel. The Coronels. Tom and Tim Corridor, the Dutch team, they're real, they're huge on social media. And they've, they've always, they're twin brothers that have done the Dakar, I think about 20 times. Um, Tim's the most famous driver. He did Formula 3, tested Formula 1, actually. He was, he was after the Arrows drive and lost it to Jos Verstappen. So when Jos got the Arrows drive, uh, Tom Coronel didn't. But he's done the World Touring Cars for about the last 10 years. He was in last year's Touring Car Championship. A wonderful character. They just race everything and anything. Um, but he had this role. They showed the onboard. You know, and they're just sitting side by side, <laughs> identical crash helmet. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's a bit of a, a slight twitch on the steering. This is on board. And look, oh, oh, and then boom, 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 boom. And it rolled about three times. You kept seeing sky. And boom. Anyway, the front left wheel was ripped off, and they drove into the base camp with one coronel sitting on the opposite side rear corner to try and take <laughs> some weight off, drove it in on three wheels, uh, you know, and rebuilt it and restarted and got going again. And then, then yesterday, when they had a wheel come off, they get sheared. They might have sheared a hub because they couldn't get the wheel nuts off. Um, but they managed to flag down a truck and a truck. So I think fellow competitors can help you, seems to be the rule. You know, like you said, Carlos Science isn't allowed to shut the door. Um, anyway, they got the wheel back on and they're still going. And it's just Brilliant. stories like the Coronels. Love it. What, what makes Dakar. You know, bike riders that have saved money for 20 years to come and do the Dakar. Um, and then you see some of them just in tears. It's too much. It's too much. I'm exhausted. And it's just a wonderful television. So you're so very next week. Next next week there. we'll be live from Dakar. Well, not you. I'm taking Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> it'll all be over. It'll all be over, won't it? You'll be crying in Audi's in spilt tears. Uh, stranger things can happen. Toyota are only one, two, three, four at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> no, because the Pro Drive Hunter, Loeb's in the, in the Pro Drive Hunter, it's four. Yeah. So one British built machine is fourth, and three South Africa machines, uh, Toyota's lead out front. Okay, good but, stuff. Um, good so, luck, because you never know what might happen. I mean, you still never got know. six stages to go. Most yeah, amazing. It's highly event. unlikely. And you'll be pleased to hear the weather's not very good and that there are lots of early starts, but I'm still going to enjoy it. Anyway. Know, that's a surprise. And, and you won't be able to get a beer. <laughs> no, you won't. But you see these motorbike boys broken down, you know, the camera million, and he's trying to fix it himself. And there's a blue sky, it's in the desert. They've still got their hoods up and their clothes, they keep their gloves on. You don't it's realize been, how cold we've been, it is. We've been advised to take gloves and a hat. 
That's how yeah, chilly it is. Big so. anorak. Yeah, it's it's cold in those deserts, which yeah. really confuses confuses my brain. It should be hot. But in even in the, even is my Attenborough bit coming out here. But even in the winds, even in the summer, the deserts get cool in the evening. So uh, don't ask me why. <laughs> That's about as far as it goes. Anyway, so last week we spoke about women in motorsport, and we were going to get our very own uh, friend of the show and and on the TV show as well, Vicky Piria, but she's <laughs> off on holiday, so. Um, we I was were... hoping she could come because she's driven the new Gen 3 Formula E. So we would have had an insight that was hoping that we'd get her uh, in, in because it's this weekend. So as, as the Dakar ends, motorsport yes. takes off with Formula E in Mexico this weekend. And of course, the Dubai 24-hour race for GT3 fans, which will be probably on an internet somewhere. Um, but no, the Formula E is on Eurosport Saturday night, 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. from Mexico City. The new Gen 3. So got to give it a go, Paul. Got to give it a go. Well, you can you can do research on that because I'll be in Dakar. So uh, thankfully, <laughs> yeah. I can I'll be bringing pass the report. buck on that. Um, but but we did. Get, we are going to get somebody on uh, in maybe maybe uh, a bit later on when we talk about other things. But Samantha Leakes, who who's involved in composites uh, for various race teams, so we'll get her on. But we'll get Vicky on first to talk about so. the actual racing um, in terms of women on racing. Anyone else that wants to come on the show, please uh, do let us know. She went to GTs. But in Formula E, build up. You've got to build up a bit. Go for Come on then. Tell me all about it. New Gen 3 cars. Very exciting. More racing, Tiff? Flat out racing? Yeah, but open wheels. You can't overtake as easily. You might get your wheels interlocked. And no rear brakes. This is this debut of these. I can't believe it. This is so bizarre. It's just the the regeneration. Regen. Um, as I said earlier, when we looked at the new Formula E lineup, only seven of the 22 drivers are in the same seats as they were last year. So there's been a huge merry-go-round of drivers. But the only team with the same lineup is the Jaguars of Sam Byrne and Mitch Evans. So Jaguar, the only team with the same two drivers. Um, drivers out, Nick DeFries has got the Formula One. Antonio Giovinazzi has been sacked. He's no good in Formula E or Formula One. Oliver Askew has gone back to America. And Oliver Turvey, bad time for the Oliver. Oliver lost his drive. Uh, coming in, Britain driver Jake Hughes with McLaren, German Rene Rast, very famous in GT3, DTM. Nico Muller, also DTM from Switzerland. And Norman Nato, who's done for me before. Um, the most drivers are from Britain. So we've got five Brits in the 22 cars. Sam, Jake, and then Oliver Rowland, Dan Tipton, Jake Dennis. Um, tires have changed from Michelin to Hankook. Now, here's a pub quiz for you. Hankook also sponsored the 24-hour series and stuff. So they sponsor the Dubai 24 hours this week. That's the Hankook 24 hours. What does Hankook mean when translated? Pass. Where the tyres company comes from? Germany. Oh, it doesn't even know that. Oh, gosh, it's useless. It's useless. <laughs> They're a Korean company. Oh. But apparently, Hankook... It says in Latin. I don't know why they're using Latin. Hankook means Korea or Korean. Does it really? Are you sure about that? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, that's what the internet said. But I looked it up. <laughs> so the tyres have gone from Michelin to Hankook. And the, the cars are more powerful and lighter, but in the testing, they actually weren't any quicker. So whether the tyres are slower or they haven't got the new cars going, um, there's no fan boost. Everyone's delighted to know there's no stupid vote for two drivers to get more power just when the racing's getting exciting. Um, there's talk of 30-second pit stops to recharge the batteries, but that's not happening in Mexico. Um, so we'll wait and see. And you're still right. Go you're right about Hankook. I, did, I had to Google it. I didn't believe you. <laughs> I just Googled <laughs> it. You're right. Hankook yes. is Korea. It literally means yeah. Korea. Korea Thai company. Yeah. I, I am. 
I, I thought I they made Germany. Then what do I know? <laughs> I, I just looked up to see who owned them. Well, you're confused. Michelin were involved with a certain percentage of them, but I don't think they are anymore. So anybody in Formula E, if Tiff is just about to change his bio on Twitter and Instagram to become an influencer, which means now hopefully you'll I get love Formula E. I love Formula E. You should be going. You should be invited I to a Formula E. I'm going to Saudi Arabia where you can't drink. You've got to get up early and it's freezing cold. You can go to a glamorous Formula E event, drink some tequila or beer and uh, late nights. That's me. That's me. But we just need we, we just need an invite. So any any um, yeah. PRs listening, there you go. <laughs> I'm not going to give you your email address. <laughs> it's on his website, or or put it down below. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, that's it. That's it for this week. That's it. I was going to get my hair cut. I've got a hair appointment. What time is it now? Oh yeah. Gotta go. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us as always. And we'll watch Formula week. E. Let's give Formula yeah. E a chance. I gotta get my hair cut that time and wash it as well at the same time. So sadly, I'm gonna be cheers, everyone. See you guys. Bye.